Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rada McBerto. is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Our childlike president, we're going to talk a lot about that. And you know what? Hey, how you doing, Michael Rodnin? Do you know what's happening with Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia? Peace deal? Yeah, Nagorno-Karabakh. Nagorno-Karabakh apparently is going to come out looking pretty good. But I look, here's the truth. I just followed that story sort of tacitly. Uh, today I realized that there was a peace treaty sign. Uh, I think the people in Armenia are kind of pissed off because they allowed uh, Nagorno-Karabakh to hold on to a whole lot of their land. But I, again, like I said, I'm not really completely up on that story, but I do know about it, uh, AVQ, Michael Rodnin. Okay, sore loser Trump pulling out of his favorite tactic, frivolous lawsuit. Yes, and we have uh, Hope Bleacher. Hope sent a link with a, a, a message from uh, El Senor Van Jones about how Trump could actually steal this election. Still, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going uh, to kind of reiterate that, you know, I want people to stop being worried, scared, all that good stuff, and realize one important thing that people still rule. And the only way things like that can actually occur is if for some reason people have a feeling that people are going to sit back. Right now, everybody knows, including the Trump people, except for the ones that are following QAnon, they all know that in reality, this race is over. And uh, it won't, things won't happen. Okay, Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Hope Bleeker, welcome aboard. Michael Rodden, welcome aboard. AVQ, Bridge MCP says, politics and right, I've got a mask. Uh, U.S. could see... 20 million cases of COVID-19 by Christmas if the coronavirus infection uh, infecting people at the current rate and NBC News. And it's a shame. The thing about it is we do so much in silence. Did you see Pompeo's comment on CNN? Yes, I did, where he said there will be a smooth transition to the second Trump administration. All of that is bluster, but we have to make sure that it remains bluster. It's all bluster. But we have to remember it remains bluster. Uh, Pence canceled his trip to my neck of the woods. Hip, hop, hooray. Well, you know, Trump, he was supposed to be going on vacation. The news went out that he thought this was so silly that he was going to go on vacation. Maybe that's why they broke it. Hey, Paulette Stancil, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard as well. Okay, folks, we have a whole lot of videos to show, a ton of them. So let me go ahead and get into the program so that I can have some time left over so we can talk whatever the, whatever you guys want to talk about. So let's get busy. What is the show going to be about today? What is the show going to be about today? Title of the show. El, el titulo del programa hoy será. El titulo del programa hoy será. It is a childlike privileged Trump attacks on progressives, Fox News cuts a lion administration. Progressives help bring down the pouting toddler-in-chief. Neuropsych. I like that name. Neuropsych. Progressive power. The struggle continues. Yes, sir, it does. It does. All right, what are the topics? CNN, Jake Tapper to GOP. Prepare to bury Caesar. Come back to planet Earth. Jake Tapper smacks down Donald Trump for being a toddler on conceding the election. Biden supporters. Perfect response to a reporter asking if Trump concession is necessary. Van Jones smacked down Rick Santorum's attempt to normalize Trump's destructive tone. Fox News cuts offline Trump election 2020 news conference. When you see, uh, when you see fo even Fox News is starting to look at the Trump folks as a joke, you know that it is. But we still, uh, based on, the, that, uh, on what Van Jones said in that link, I can't play it here, but... Uh, you know, put the link in, in, in the uh, thing here. Um, let's let's go ahead and put the link in. Actually, Hope, you can go ahead and put the link in the feed if you don't mind. And then there's Pramila Jayapal swats down the fallacy. Oh, right. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez slams back in defense of progressives against a centrist attack with the inconvenient truth. Pramila Jayapal swats down the fallacy that progressives cost Democrats house seats. Congressman Alan Grayson, I may play this one. This one was, a, it's an old one. So let's go ahead and get busy with our first one. Check out what Jake has to say about Brother Trump. Soon after it was clear that Donald Trump was going to lose. And it wasn't, the race wasn't called yet, but all the indications were that Donald Trump was going to refuse to say, I lost. Jake Tapper, I, I loved what he had to say. Check this out and then let's take it on the other side. It's time to start praising President Trump's accomplishments. Uh, Rep the Republican Party had a fantastic night, mm -hmm. uh, other than at the top of the ticket. Um, they picked up seats in the House. 
as of right now, they've held on to the Senate. Um, they've held on to all their legislatures, et cetera. Uh, President Trump has a number of accomplishments uh, that Republicans can be proud of when it comes to Supreme Court justices, when it comes to tax cuts, when it comes to deregulation, uh, when it comes to criminal justice reform. It is time for Republicans mm-hmm. to start uh, praising Caesar and preparing to bury him both. Um, because it is very clear what is going on. Um, It is not helpful, as you note, that there are Republicans competing for the MAGA voters Mm -hmm. who are ginning up uh, and following... Republicans, by the way, who know better. Yes. Like Senator Ted Cruz, Senator Lindsey Graham, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, people who know better, who know that there is no evidence of fraud. That's exactly right. And it's time for them to come back to planet Earth... It looks as though the the Trump era is in its last throes. I mean, anything could happen, I suppose, but it certainly looks that way. And it's time for them to start doing what's best for not just the country, but also themselves. So the Trump, I agree with you that the Trump era might be coming to a close now, but the Trump grip on the Republican Party is nowhere near over. And that is the calculation that those lawmakers have been making for a long time. And that is what's sad. Trumpism is still here. Uh, We didn't break it with this election. We have a lot of work to do. But I love what he had to say. Look, accept your accomplishments and big boys, get the president out of there because he is, he has lost. And, you know, um, Jake Tapper, after it was confirmed that, that, uh, President, it was President-elect Biden. Uh, Tapper got even a, lit, a, a little bit more uh, disgusted with the president, and I love the way he expressed it. Checked it out. Soon after, it was clear that Donald Trump was going to lose, and it wasn't the race wasn't called yet, but all the indications were that Donald Trump was going to refuse to say "I lost." Jake Tapper, I, I loved what he had to say. Check this out, and then let's take it on the other side. It's time to start praising President Trump's accomplishments. Oh, wrong uh, one. Rep- the Republican Party had a fantastic Wrong one. Time. Jake Tapper has been pretty hard on the president, but, you know, I, I, I guess after the election was called, uh, it got even sillier. And you know what? I love, uh, I, I love how he characterizes the president because this childlike kid, that is just what we have for a president. And it shows that we never did have anyone of any kind of gravitas in the office. Check this out. But I think we should just recognize that there is a new standard that is being set by this president and endorsed by Republicans in Washington. And it should not be that way. Right. It has not been He's that not way. a seven-year-old kid who lost an ice skating competition. And we all need to understand that feelings have been hurt and, you know, that there's some maturation that we shouldn't expect. He is a 74-year-old president of the United States, and he lost re-election. And you know what? That's okay. That happens. It happened to George H.W. Bush. It happened to Jimmy Carter. It's happened to nine other or or eight other uh, previous presidents. He's the 11th to to not be re-elected. His emotional needs, frankly, are irrelevant. And I don't think that we should... I mean, I think we should note it because it's historical... But I don't think we need to bend over backwards and pretend that the country moving on and MAGA nation moving on depends upon what Joe Biden does. Like, Joe Biden is going to do what he can. Mm -hmm. And if a chunk of the leaders of the Republican Party want to drag the the nation down with them, that's up to them. That is up to them, and that is exactly what's going on now, folks. Uh, The rest of the world, they're simply chuckling. They're simply laughing at that president many of us chose to, not many of us, uh, of that president many have chosen to elect. A fraud, a child, and someone with absolutely no morals. Now, uh, interestingly, right, interestingly, uh, a Biden supporter, you know, after Biden won, 
Uh, the reporters went on and asked this supporter, hey, do you think we have to wait for a concession from Donald Trump or anything? I think she had the most wonderful answer to that reporter. It's like, who the hell cares? Check this out. A Biden supporter was asked, uh, what do you think about Donald Trump not wanting to leave? Do you think we're going to have to do something or think about it? She had the perfect answer. And I think this is something that we should have been talking about and doing a long time ago. To hell with Donald Trump. Donald Trump lost the election. Let's all move on without him. And when it is time to go to the White House, we just go with a tank if we need to, to get him out of there and install what the people rightfully voted for. Check this out. My last question to you is there are questions about if President Donald Trump will concede. Do you need to hear that? No, I could care less. He's he's irrelevant at this point. We're here for President Biden. The country needs to move on. We have to unify. If Donald Trump doesn't want to act like a grown up, then we don't need to listen to him. We don't need to spend any more time focused on his division. We need to unify. And she is so right. I think by us constantly saying, are you going to concede if you lose the election? Are you going to accept it? We don't care if he thinks he's going to accept it. If he loses the election, we kick him out of the White House. Period. Punto y final. Why are we giving this guy so much privilege? Think about how others are treated. He lost the election. He will be summarily kicked out of the White House, irrespective of what he has to say. We spend a lot... Absolutely irrespective of what... He has to say. Again, irrespective of what he has to say. Now, what's interesting, right? What is so interesting is how many people attempt to make this inept being something special. Oh, only you elitists care about this. I want you to see this interchange with uh, uh, Van Jones and, uh, and uh, what's his name? Rick Santorum. Check this out. Rick Santorum has been a pundit on CNN for quite some time. He's there trying to hold a part of the right flank that simply makes no sense. That part of the right flank that justifies Donald Trump. That part of the right flank that if Donald Trump's behavior was actually seen within Barack Obama, this is the same right flank that would be saying he does not uphold the seriousness of the office or the gravitas of the office. Well, you know, today... Watch uh, how Van Jones smacked down Rick Santorum. But not only that, he puts it into context where he's saying these are the things that we should be looking at and doing to make sure the country really gets together. Check it out and we'll take it on the other side. You're speaking for people who, I hate to say it, are the elites in our culture. Oh, you're please don't say that. When, I, when you talk about the president and how, how tough he is, and how you're talking to people who are who watch CNN, who watch, who watch the news. It's not true. Constantly. These people are living their lives. They're not really paying attention. That's to not yeah, true. Yeah, but, but he lost true. like 4 million point votes. Is, tone is not as important for okay. them. Policies that affect their lives. I don't like that. And I, and I think we're going in the wrong direction. The tone mattered to my children. Matters and my children are not elites. I don't the to, the to, listen, this, this was, I, I think the, the big mistake that the Trump administration made for all the good that they did on criminal justice and opportunity zones and other stuff that I was proud of them for is that they fail to understand that, yeah, actions speak louder than words if you're a normal person. But when you're the president of the United States, your words speak louder than your actions. And his words every day made America a nastier place and a more toxic place. And what you're seeing here is this is not just coming for today. The politics of joy, joy as a weapon, uh, groups like Sankofa, cultural groups, were, take, were going to the polls with music, they were going to the polls with entertainment, and, they were, and it, this, this was a part of the resistance, a beautiful part of the resistance. So I just want to say, I want to say that it, there are a couple of things to get us to unity. Tone is very, very important because when people are just getting smashed upside the head, they can't think clearly. So that's got to go away. And then on the policy part, I think that anti-poverty, I think that criminal justice, mental health, addiction, infrastructure, uh, family leave, there are economic policies that can bring us together. There's going to be some cultural war stuff that pulls us apart, but I think we have a responsibility to put forward those economic ideas and support this president. We put those ideas away and support this president. He's absolutely right. Now, um, Santorum is there trying to hold a part of the right flank that is somehow they know they're wrong, 
but they continue to push and push and push. You know what's the role of independent media? The role that we have to play? We have to play that role that's going to make those guys like Centaurum completely and entirely absolute. absolute. And you can... Entirely obsolete. <laughs> and you can help us do that. So always remember to share. Absolutely, folks. I have one more about this, uh, the, the, the ineptitude going on in the White House. And when you, you know, when you lose Fox News, you know you got a problem. If Donald Trump has lost Fox News, you know there's a problem. I don't know for how long he's going to lose them because he, he pressured the senators of Georgia to say, oh, we need to get rid of those Republicans who didn't run the election correctly. They didn't hold. They didn't steal votes for us. So, the, so Biden won Georgia. The election in Georgia was run by Republicans, and it wasn't only run by Republicans. It was run by Republicans who whittled down the the voter rolls, who actually cheated Stacey Abrams. I mean. Georgia is one of those states where they cheat like crazy. It is like Jim Crow is still in, exi- in existence. You go into the minority neighborhoods, Latino or black neighborhoods. The lines are long, forever long, and there are always problems, right? And these people said around this time, not this time. If we have to sleep in the lines, we will. If we have to have the lines wrap around the block 10,000 times, it will wrap. But we will vote. We will vote. They didn't expect that. I mean, you go into the you go into the the, the, the white neighborhoods or other neighborhoods. You you can vote in five to fifteen minutes. You go into the black neighborhoods. It takes you an hour, and not only does it take you an hour. I mean, people these are lower lower income neighborhoods. People have jobs. They're expecting people to okay go home because I can't wait this long in the line. There's a woman who waited eleven hours in the line. Eleven hours in the line. Voter suppression, and even with voter suppression, people mailed in their ballots. People dropped off their ballots. People went and voted in person. They did it all. And even as Trump maximized, you know, I know a lot of people were telling me. I had a lot of my white ring friends send me emails and say, hey, Egberto, let me just tell you what's going on. I have a very good friend. She's in the the Trump network. And she says, Egberto, let me tell you, they have, some, they have some, some digital stuff going on there, man. They are bringing out their people. All those polls are wrong. He's going to win in a landslide. And I'm like, Kai, you full of it. You full of it. When I saw what occurred on election day, I've, I'm going to admit it. I'll be honest with you. I was shocked that Donald Trump could get over the 62 million people that he got. Instead, he got 8 million more or 9 million more. He got 71 million people. That tells you something. It tells you something about the character of America, of a part of America. It tells you something about his operation. It tells you something about his ability to sway the vote, the ability to mislead, the ability to trick, the ability to do all these things. It tells you that. That tells you something, people. But I tell you what I was happy about, even after being very disappointed in America, as 71 million people supported a rapist, supported a person who, uh, who doesn't care about the environment, who pollute his people, support somebody who cage children, suppose support somebody who would look at women as, as, as disposable, suppose support somebody who looks at race as something to demean. I mean, when, when you look at the evil within, and that 71 million Americans couldn't go outside of themselves and say, wow, that ain't cool. That ain't cool. When you say that, it means that they've had, and, and again, I am not saying these are bad people. A lot of my friends get pissed at me when I say, no, these aren't bad people. Well, you know, that's why I wrote my book. It's worth it. They're not bad people. What they are are people who've had, through messaging, a certain part of their brains neutered. Okay? And that's what it's all about. And it can happen to anybody. Uh, you know, I, I tell you guys sometimes the experiment that I did. I said I was going to sit down and listen to Rush Limbaugh for a week. And I listened for Rush Limbaugh. This is, I think it was when I worked for NASA. I don't remember. No, actually it was after that. Because I don't know how powerful Rush Limbaugh was then. But it was when I was in the car a lot. And I listened to Rush Limbaugh. And it has an effect on your psyche when that is all that you're hearing. 
it does affect you. And what where, where Democrats have failed is there many times uh, Democrats are too high and mighty and philosophical and you can't believe that. That is so stupid. You can't believe that. Not realizing the, the power of repetition. Not realizing the power of, of, of uh, the carnality of how you grown up or, or how you were reared. Not understanding those, those human things that affect you. You know, there, there are half of, more than half of you that can overcome all that kind of stuff. But there are some that they're so... I, I listen to some interviews where you see people, you, you ask, you tell somebody, you know that's going to kill you, right? Yeah, but I like Trump. And why is that again? Because he's for the people. Okay, you know that he th did this, 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 and that, that actually hurts you, right? Yeah. But he's for the people. Are you people? Yeah. Is that, if, if, if something like this was done, would it hurt you? Yeah. And if Biden does this and it's going to help your entire community, and Trump, what Trump is going to do is going to hurt your community, uh, which is better for you? Oh, what Biden does. Who are you going to vote for? Trump. I'm telling you, I've done, uh, there, are, there is a segment of the population that that is how their brain has been wired. And it's very, very hard to deprogram that, you know. And it crosses, uh, it, 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 it's, well, we'll go into that afterwards. Like I said before, when you've lost Fox News, you know something is up. Check this out. You know your campaign is done. When one of the networks that made you, one of the networks that allowed you to snow the American people, one of the networks that helped you create a posse, a cult, when they start to drop you, it means that more than likely it's all over, not only in the short term, but in the long term. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. This is Neil Cavuto pulling away from White House spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany. You don't oppose an audit of the vote because you want an accurate count. You don't oppose our efforts at sunlight and transparency because you have nothing to hide. You take these positions because you are welcoming fraud and you are welcoming illegal voting. Our position is clear. We want to protect the franchise of the American people. We want an honest, accurate, lawful count. We want maximum sunlight. We want maximum transparency. We want every legal vote to be counted, and we want every illegal vote to whoa, be counted. Whoa, whoa. I, I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up, but that's an explosive charge to make. So, Steve, Neil Cavuto, a person with a conscience who understands not just that those are different lies, there have been Trump observers in where all of the counting is ongoing. And a lot of these um, uh, officials at the state level, Georgia and other places, are Republicans. So she's, she's accusing a whole bunch of people that um, have absolutely no reason to be in on some massive, um, non-existent conspiracy of things that they have no incentive to do. Now, this should do it, right? The Trump cult should see this, hear that they're station of choice, Fox News, is telling them that, hey, these guys are making these accusations just pulling smoke out of the air, you know? You shouldn't really believe it. We'll see. But just think about it. It wasn't only Fox News that gave a lot of leverage to Donald Trump. It was all the networks. Then all turned against him, including Fox. He created his own. And now he has a whole country, or rather, he has 40-something percent of the country that is ultimately sick. This is what bad media does for you. And this is why, ultimately, in the long run, we've got to have independent media. Media not dependent on those same guys who benefit from keeping all of us at each other's throats on long, long-lasting grievances, and more. We need to really get serious if we're going to maintain this democracy.
Yep, we really have to get serious if we're going to maintain this democracy. Okay, um, the second part of the show today is about uh, progressives getting sort of attacked for us losing four or five House seats. I want to tackle that because I want to nip that in the butt beforehand. But before we go there, let me go ahead and uh, talk to my brothers and sisters here before we move on. Uh, Michael Rodden says, if Democrats were going to rig the election, the Senate would be 60 to 40 Democratic right now. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Jim Inhofe, and a whole lot of duplicitous, you know what, Okay, uh, let's see what else. Paul Fleming says, when you have William Barr, the top cop in the country serving the man in the White House and is advising how to take the country over, Houston, we have a problem. But you have to remember, all of these things don't happen in a vacuum. If, if these people try something and you get a million people in the streets, it's a different story altogether. And yeah, John, there is OAN. And just yesterday, I learned about Parler. I didn't know about Parler, believe it or not. Uh, yesterday, somebody in the net, in the room here said, hey, Berta, have you checked out Parler? And I'm like, no, I never checked it out. And I'm still like, okay, well, that's that that's a social, the unhinged social media. <laughs> but anyhow, but yeah, there is OAN, of course. But they have, that is an indoctrinating network. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Okay, so welcome aboard. Paul Fleming, Bridge MCP, Michael Rodney, Paul Fleming, John Carter. How you doing, John? Hey John, we pulled it out, and we got to make sure and keep it up. I like what breach. Uh, I like what um, uh, uh, um, uh, what's wrong with me today? I like what Hope was doing today, and that is giving folks numbers to call. Please listen to what Hope has to say, and and call those numbers just so that people. I know that people are engaged because if they don't think that people are engaged, that is when they uh, they actually start to act. Bridge MCP says my sister switched to Parla. Very sad. I I need to check it out and see what it's all about. Um, is it all right wing or not? Let's see. Hello, Egberto. As we speak, Trump. This is from Deborah John. Egberto, as we speak, Trump, Pence, White House, and the Republicans, cronies, enablers are preparing to use the communism dictatorship force and rules to overthrow the electoral votes of the presidents. It's funny. The ones who always knock. I'm not going to be able to read the whole thing, but the ones who knock us about socialism and communism, right? They're the ones who practice it. Don't you find that ironic? I find it kind of ironic. It's very, very ironic. Anyhow, continuing. Welcome, Michael, uh, uh, Daniel Ledo. Welcome, Tank28. Welcome, Trouts. Welcome, uh, let's see. I got a lot of people in here. Paul Fleming, Christy Park, Christine Park. Welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Much, wow. Uh, Norman Reynolds. How you doing, my brother? Uh, Bridge MCP. Hope Bleeker, Paul Fleming, Daniel, I got you guys already. I got John Carter. Melissa Noble, how you doing, Melissa? I hope that, that he doesn't come. He's not going to the inauguration. You know that. Neuropsych, I like that name, Neuropsych. Uh, Roberto Lewis, my brother, I love your sweater, T-shirt, Egberto, but yours should say Mr. Politics Done Right because of my kindness opinion. You're helping us with the other voices. Thank you so kindly, my hermano. We played music together, too. Love my brother there. Hey, just got married. I love it, brother. Hiciste lo que tenías que hacer, hermano. Okay, Hope Bleeker, here is the number for the State Department, 202-647-6575. So you can ask for the Secretary of State to retract his statement. Very good to do. I will do my part as well. Hope, thank you for being the pusher of that particular message. I think you had another number in there too for us to call somewhere else as well. I'll look it up if I see it. But anyway, continuing to salute everybody. Neuropsych, I got. I got. Uh, Michael Rodden, I got. Uh, let's see who else. And then I'll call pa Paulette Stansel. Welcome over. Nanette Bird-Smith. Who else is here? ¿Quién más está aquí? ¿Quién más está aquí? Okay. Going back down to the bottom of the pile. Norman Reynolds says Fox News created the Tea Party. They, as well as the other radio uh, folks like Rush Limbaugh, have told program radicalized the so-called Trumpists. They are Republican, but now the social networks are challenging these voices for control of Republicans. I, you know, check out a story that I wrote several years ago. Though um, the Tea Party was just enhanced by Fox News. The Tea Party was in existence for much longer than people thought. It was actually pre it predates Obama. I didn't quite know that until I did a little bit of research and, and, and found that out. Anyhow, uh, let's continue. Let's see what else I want to do before I go into the other. Oh, it's halfway 
through the show. Uh, folks, please consider getting my book. It's worth it. It's worth it. And trust me, the book is worth it. The reviews are pretty darn good online at Amazon. Here's a link to get the book at Amazon. So please consider getting the book. If you are listening to us on YouTube right now, please go ahead and click that join button and come be part of our posse. If you do it while we're on air right now, I'll salute you immediately. Just click that join button, become a part of our posse. We are, we are helping change America just like Hope said, just like Roberto said, just like Bridge MCP said several times. We are, you know, it is, it is creating families like this, groups of us all together. In different places, not only politics done right, TYT and many others, right? We are going to create our different spheres of influence and help. And all of us have spheres of influence. So if you get something, if you see something here you like and you share it, you are sharing it with another sphere of influence. And that starts to get what we call geometric progression. Geometric progression means you start to influence a whole lot more people than your oneself or that than politics done right, than you alone, than anybody alone. And that's how we are going to have to do it because the mainstream media can't do it for us. The mainstream media can't come out. The mainstream, yep, Bridge MCP is be a posse. You are a part of our posse. You see that, that, that little sign on, on Bridge MCP stuff on, on YouTube? That means she's a part of the posse. Anyhow, let me tell you something, guys. All of us make a difference. And that is where social media can complement the parts of mainstream media that's simply not working. People say, well, you always talk about mainstream media, but you use a lot of stuff from there. Yeah, because I also give narrative to what's there, right? Because these guys, all those guys on mainstream media, they're reporters. They're good people. They just can't report as they would want to report because their income comes from the big corporations, so they have to sort of read between the lines. And the independent media have, a, have a, a, the ability to do just that, read between the lines or build upon their stories so that we can inform America better. It is like how we've talked about, oh, we, we, you know, they talk about the ventilators and we expand on ventilators to let Americans know that ventilators were around all along. Obama had contracts for ventilators. But Donald Trump got rid of the contract so that some of his buddies could make more money. And they made a lot of people die before they went ahead and bought some more. So, folks, if you are on YouTube, please consider clicking that join button, become a part of the posse. Or click that dollar sign there and, and send us a super chat or, or whatever. And if you are not, if you are not on YouTube or, or, or on YouTube right now, if you're on or other networks, Go ahead and click on politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can also join us by clicking on that politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. And of course, we would love, love, love for you to become patrons. And that to become a patron, go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. And we always like PayPal. So you can get or PayPal by going to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Okay, I'm done with my, my, yes, please provide support for Politics Done Right because we need it. We must have it. That's the only way we can survive. And that is true. That's the only way we can survive. All right. Uh, unless anybody else have any others, welcome aboard Brian Miner uh, that wants to, us to continue with anything else with regards to Donald Trump leaving. The one thing I'm going to say is Hope provided a video of uh, Van Jones, who talked about how, and that's Hope Bleeker that's right here in our room right now, who talks about how Donald Trump could still take this election with the help of all kinds of uh, different uh, techniques that's, that are, in fact, constitutional. But, like I've said, the people have spoken. We have won right out. And what you have to do is make sure, by all means necessary, that under no condition will Donald Trump, who has lost both the Electoral College and the popular vote, somehow use undemocratic techniques to try to hold on to power. That would officially be a coup, even if they find some sort of constitutional rigamotious to do it. So that is what we should always remember. That said, that said, remember, it's people power. And when we really take more command of the government, it is time to remove the undemocratic portions of the Constitution that gives 
some places a lot more votes than others. In effect, it's a, it, it is an undemocratic document to say that California and North Dakota has the same amount of power in the Senate. And also, if somehow a, an election was thrown to the House of Representatives, that each state, irrespective of si size, gets one vote. That's not a democracy. We cannot go out through the world trying to preach democracy when we have written in law these types of these types of tenets. Remember one thing. When the Constitution was written, it wasn't written for all of you women out there. It wasn't written for all you black folk out there. It wasn't written for all you Latinos out there. It wasn't written for all you, uh, everybody, uh, the indigenous. It wasn't even written for most of my white brothers and sisters. It wasn't written for you. It was written for the people who held power and owned land. That's the, that's the reality. We need to come to the realization of what is real. The Constitution was never a document written to, for the control of the masses. It was written for a few to control. And all these people I love to talk about, uh, I read the text of the Constitution. Luckily for our, our, luckily for our Supreme Courts of past, they have, without the, they have interpreted the Constitution as a democratic government because we like to claim ourselves as democracies. But with the, the crop that we have in there today, that may be a problem. Okay, let's switch to progressives and the progressive. Now, I won't call it a progressive fight. I will call it a progressive skirmish that we need to put the fires out now. This election was won. That ex in as much as Donald Trump overperformed and brought us a lot of people and showed us that America isn't the America we thought it was. He showed us that. But we... Progressives and others, progressives and Democrats and good-thinking Republicans showed that the majority, however, of American people are good people. The majority of... I have read the entire Constitution, sir. I, I, I'm assuming that you're talking to me, shark, bait, uh, hoo-ha. Yes, I've read the Constitution. And I think you might read in it and realize why it had to have as many... Um, amendments as it does. Each of the amendments had to correct some of the flaws, you know. So please go ahead and realize the reality of the Constitution, sir. Uh, if you want to have a discussion on the Constitution with me, I would be more than happy to do so, including things like three-fifths of a person. My God, the southern states, in order to, not, to, to, count, to, to get more power, they had people that couldn't vote but somehow still counted. Do you want to really get into it with me, sir? Please. Continuing. 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 Okay. Um, AOC said it best. So let's just play AOC because I love her. I think she's one of the smartest uh, women in right now. Uh, the smartest women right now that we have in Congress. And I think she should be speaker sometime because not only is she a real progressive, but she knows how to compromise, when to compromise, and when to be cool. Check this out. AOC, a very, very young and responsible progressive congresswoman, has a message for uh, the Democratic Party as well as Representative Abigail Spanberger, Democrat from Virginia, that everybody should listen to and everybody should listen to for the future. Because what many in the party can't see right now is something that she sees clearly. Check this out, then we'll take it on the other side. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says that she thinks Biden has a tremendous mandate, but Democrats in Congress are potentially looking at a smaller House majority and theoretically a Republican Senate. I want to play something that Virginia Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger said on a conference call of House Democrats uh, this week that you, I'm sure, heard what as it happened live. Take a listen. We need to not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever again, because while people think it doesn't matter, it does matter, and we want good member because of that. If we are classifying Tuesday as a success from a congressional stand, we will get torn apart in 2022. And um, excuse the profanity. 
I imagine you disagree with that assessment. Why is she wrong? I acknowledge, first of all, just the, the really hard fight that a lot of our swing district members um, had. And it, it is not to deny that Republicans levied very effective uh, rhetorical attacks against our party. That, I believe, is, is absolutely true. But I think one of the things that's very important is that is to realize that very effective Republican attacks are going to happen every cycle. And so the question is, how do we defend ourselves against that? If you look at some of the arguments that are being advanced, that defund the police hurt, or that arguments about socialism hurt, not a single member of Congress that I'm aware of campaigned on socialism or defunding the police in this general election. And these were largely uh, slogans or they were, they, they were demands from activist groups that we saw in the largest uprising in American history around police brutality. And so the question that we have is how can we build an, an, a more effective democratic operation that is stronger and more resilient to Republican attacks? And I believe that there are many areas that we can point at in centralized democratic operations that are extraordinarily weak. Uh, for example, our digital campaigning is very weak. And this is an area where Republicans are actually quite strong. You know, President Trump, he won the 2016 uh, election, as we know, largely on digital organizing and strategy. And I believe that many Republicans were very effective at digital organizing and strategy as well, whereas the Democratic Party is still mm -hmm. campaigning largely as though it's 2005. And I know a lot of us don't want to hear this, but 2005 was 15 years ago. So we can do better when we really dig down and refine our operations. We can be more resilient to these strong Republican attacks. You told the New York Times that you almost didn't even run for re-election, in part because of the of treatment from your own party. You said, quote, it's the incoming, it's the stress, it's the violence, it's the lack of support from your own party. It's your own party thinking you're the enemy, unquote. Do, do you really think other Democrats see you as the enemy? Do you think Joe Biden sees you that way? I don't believe President Biden uh, sees me that way. And I believe that that's actually one of the reasons why he won election. There's a marked difference between 2020 and 2016 and how the Democratic Party was able to unify, to Joe Biden's credit, before the election and get everyone on the same page to make sure that we vote Donald Trump out of office. Um, that being said, you know, there are, at least in, in the House caucus, very deep divisions within the party. And I believe that we need to really come together and not allow Republican narratives to tear us apart. You know, as you mentioned, we have a, we have a slimmer Democratic majority. It's going to be more important than ever for us to work together and not fight each other. And so when we kind of come out swinging, not 48 hours after Tuesday, when we don't even have solid data yet, um, pointing fingers and, and telling each other what to do, it, it deepens the division in the party. And it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible to pour gasoline on these already very delicate tensions in the party. So we can help. It's not saying that every member can, has to campaign uh, as a progressive in a traditional progressive way, but it's to say that we have assets to offer the party. Um, that the party has not yet, you know, fully leaned into or exploited. And I believe that we can take some of these seats. You know, I think Katie Porter is an amazing example. Michael Levin. There are swing seats. Every single swing seat member that co-sponsored Medicare for All won their re-election. And so the conversation's a little bit deeper than that, than just saying, you know, anything progressive is toxic and a losing message. The conversation is much deeper than that. She talks about the irresponsibility of people saying certain things without the data to back it up. When we actually know from older data what the reality is, it is important. It's a shame that it is the young congresswoman that is the responsible party here, as she noted. From what we already know, uh, we have Katie Porter in a swing district who supported Medicare for All, who is not, who didn't lose uh, moreover, it is clear that when one asks the questions, are these the values you want, progressive values, the answer that they give is yes. So what is the problem with Congress people that lose? They're running so far away from being called a progressive that they forget to talk to their people, talk with their people, address their people, let their people know that they are where they are. They are there to provide the values they want. Instead of allowing the other side to tag them with the socialist mantra and not fight through that and say, I don't care what he wants to call me. This is what I want to do for you. If they would get on board. But you see, 
there's a very important thing. The party is still run by the good old boys, strategists and analysts that get ten, fifteen thousand dollars for a contract when they're then asking all those people on the outside, oh, please go knock doors for us uh, as a volunteer. They're still uh, not investing in infrastructure, in new wave infrastructure. They should take a little page out of AOC's book on how she leverages uh, social media, how she leverages much other structures than the old guard. And again, a lot of the people within the old guard, that's all they're doing. They're doing what they know. As she said, this is not 2005. This is 2020, 15 years ago. She has been able to use technology. She has been able to use other sources uh, that does not look like the high price consultants that these people are currently using. So it is important. It is important that progressives not allow anyone that we didn't get this state house, that we didn't uh, enlarge Congress, be put on progressive. What this should be put on is people running away from leaning in. As she said in her her discussion there, lean into progressives to make the party better. Lean in. Learn how these folks are very successful where they are, not because they're necessarily in progressive districts, as, again, Katie Porter shows, but because they show they have something to offer their constituents, because they are there to work for their constituents. The problem is the left rail and the right rail, they are so insular in attempting to protect the status quo that anything on that that side, that progressive side, they, it's not that they fear it. One thinks they're demanded not to adapt them. Think about that. Now, before I go any further, uh, Norman sent a message that really hit me. And that is, we have to remember with all these discussions that we have, some of them high-minded, some not. Uh, we have to remember that right as we're speaking here, there are children starving because of what, what our economy is doing to them, what this president has done to them, what most 80% of the people have nothing to do with the stock market, the bottom 80% of the people. This is a country where the top 20% do fine. We have the different levels of guardians to the gate to the plutocracy that I talk about all of the times. And thank you, Norman, for actually having me remember that ultimately that is what we are in all of this for to make sure that we have an equitable society and egalitarian society for everybody. I love what Sharkabate hoo-ha tells me. He's just an angry black man. That's all his identity is. I get that. You know, I mean, some of us don't have the privilege to be able to, uh, to show our disdain, but that's fine. We've lived with it all our lives, sir. Now, uh, I also want to point out what John Cotter had to say. We need to put out our message and not allow the R's to label us. Thank you very much, John. That is the magic. Tell them what we're going to do for them, and they will see, ah, if you're going to do this and this other side says otherwise, ah, I see it. But also we have to, I don't want to say educate because I don't want to sound presumptuous, but what we have to do is be mindful and be uh, humble in the way we do some of, uh, of this. Okay, let me do Pramila Jayapal, and then the last two videos I'm going to skip. Uh, because we're not going to have time, and I always want, want to salute my folks at the end. So check out Pramila. You know, it's in vogue right now, you know. Uh, progressives work hard. They stayed on the down low when it came to protesting during the latter parts of the election uh, to ensure a successful Biden campaign. And then, in the process, several Democrats lost seats in the House that were in very red districts. Maybe they shouldn't have won it in the first place, but they lost it. They communicated with the people as they should. You know, you should have spent that time talking to people. So what is the easiest thing for folks to say? Progressives caused us to lose. Black Lives Matter. Uh, Defund the police. All these issues as if they don't matter, right? Well, Pramila Jayapal, who is uh, one of the leaders of the Progressive Caucus. This is what she had to say. Let's listen and, and, uh, and take, take this in. 
This is Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal of Washington. She is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. All of the sources I was talking to heading into election night expected the Democrats were going to win between five and seven seats and that if it was a good night, it would be in the double digits. And frankly, the opposite happened. Republicans picked up seats. Why, in your view, did that happen? Well, that's right. I think that the uh, important thing here is I don't think anybody expected the turnout of Trump voters. I mean, you just have to understand this. In 2018, Donald Trump was not on the ballot. And so we had incredible turnout in districts that we never expected to win, but we mounted great candidates in those districts and they won. And so that was very, very important. But in this cycle, I think we expected that our turnout would uh, be enormous, which it was, but that Donald Trump would not turn out people. And of course, those districts are districts in some cases that Donald Trump is winning by 25 percent. So I just think we have to understand that. Uh, There are terms that will be thrown at Democrats, regardless of what Democratic members of Congress do. They are terms that were thrown at people like Teddy Roosevelt being called socialist. Medicare was called socialist. Now it's one of the most popular programs in the country. But the reality is that a lot of this is about not only the turnout, which we did a great job on. And let's be clear young people, of new voters who were not part of the Democratic Party base before. These are new people that we energized and got to the polls and got out to vote in not only swing districts like Pennsylvania or swing states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, but also look at the incredible work that Stacey Abrams, Black Voters Matter and others did in Georgia. Look at the work that immigrant rights organizations did in Arizona to turn out those voters. We would not have won without that and without some other people coming out. So let's just be clear, this is an important election for progressives to have turned out, and we did a great job doing that. I, I totally understand all of those points and, you know, the data does uh, back up uh, that a lot of your uh, you had a lot of those new voters and that that uh, I'm sure that we'll, we'll find that many of them were energized by progressives. But the reality is your majority is made in these suburban districts where a lot of these frontline members who won in 2018 are still some of them are still fighting to see if they're going to keep uh, their seats. Lauren Underwood, for example, uh, comes to mind. Jim Clyburn, the, uh, the the whip in the House, has basically said, well, defund the police. That was a problem. Uh, he's, he said it in the context of, of Jamie Harrison, but it certainly uh, could potentially be applied to these House districts as well. Uh, how are you going to prioritize hanging on to the majority in the House and balancing it with uh, the the energy on the progressive side in a Biden administration? Well, that's actually exactly what I said on the conference call is we just have to be very careful about pointing fingers fingers in any direction because the country is divided. We see that um, in spite of this tremendous victory for for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, which we're all celebrating. The reality is there are a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump as well. And so there is a different math to winning a state or uh, and a different math to winning a district. So that's the first thing. And many of these districts had different challenges. So my appeal to everybody in the party is to not point fingers. We we did not do that. We did not say, you know, uh, we we are the conservative part of the the wing is wrong and we're not going to turn out Democrat. We all unified around Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, in spite of the fact that Joe Biden was not our top choice of many progressives, many young people. But we made the case that I firmly believe in, that no progress is possible with Donald Trump in the White House. And we turned people out. Now, if we say from anywhere in the party that progressives are the reason for losses in these Democratic districts, some of these Democratic districts, I fear we will lose people for a generation. They gave us a chance to make them believe again in democracy, to make them believe that there is a difference between a Democratic administration and a Republican administration. We did that. Joe Biden did that as well, but many of us were the translators of the message and the organizers of people on the ground. And it is important for people to understand that these are folks that really, in many ways, are the biggest swing voters. They're not part of the Democratic base. They weren't before. We turn them out and we need to respect and celebrate 
that they turned out to help us get Donald Trump out of the White House. That's the thing we should be focusing on. What a giant victory for the country that we got Donald Trump out of. Well, we haven't yet, but but that we voted him out of, of the White House and that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won not only the popular vote, but the Electoral College vote in, you know, for the first time in in some cycles. And nobody could have explained it any better. Uh, Look, with Georgia coming up, needing everybody to show up because that's the only way you win Georgia. Uh, Get real, people. Get real, party. The only way you win is if you have a coalition made up of everybody and that everybody's positions are taken into account. We have to stop what's going on right now. Okay, okay, okay. Anyhow, let me see. Uh, There are a few things that I want to cover real quick. I saw some things that I wanted to, but anyhow, I'll I'll cover them as I call people out. Uh, Welcome board tank. Uh, I got you already. Punch, punch board or counter sunk. Progressive is the next generation. The old perspective will go the way of the dodo. Yeah, uh, we, 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 it couldn't go fast enough. Uh, Michael Rudnan, no better change the settings. <laughs> okay, let's see. I'm going up the line. See if I see other people. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian Miner, welcome aboard. Time slogan reset for 2022. Johnson needs to go. Yes, he does. Uh, let's see what else is here. Uh, the duck that quacks is back. How you doing? Duck? I love that name. It, it, it cert- I certainly trust uh, most news. As far as Bridge MCQ said, yes, you trust the news. Look. You have to know how to trust news, right? And it has always been that way, but uh, most of the times the news, uh, d- we didn't worry so much about the news and its, co- and its um, interface with, with uh, corporations. Now we have to be concerned about that. And that's why, more importantly, we have the news media. The Powell Manifesto ensured that that, that alliance was going to occur between the corporate sector and the news media more officially so. Lee Grant, welcome aboard. Free Cal. <laughs> okay. Brian Manor, lobbying is fine. Let's see who else do I need to salute. Uh, Blair Halfley, welcome aboard. Uh, who else am I missing? Kate Frost Fink, welcome aboard. Uh, John Carter, I, I think I read that message. Pit, pit, we need to put our message and not allow others to label us. Very true, very true, very true. Paul, let's see. Blair Halfley says, no election fraud proof to show the court so far. Look, it, it's a fraud. It's a fr- Let me tell you what uh, Trump is doing to his people. Trump is creating a big hoopla because he's going to suck the last amount of money he can before he gets the hell out of the White House. So he's going to sucker them for all this money. You get all these. I get the emails. You get all these emails from Trump. Hey, we've got to go to court. You know, they, they have the seven seasons, right? They wanted it to look like a big thing. Turn out the seven seasons was a parking lot, right? Look, they are doing exactly what they They are doing what QAnon does to their people, which is take their money. Go to a QAnon website. The first thing that you see is they're suckering money out of you. And these people give them a lot of money. Here you have politics done right and folks that are doing real stuff. We have to fight hard to ask folks, please support independent media. Please support independent media. These guys go out there and they have millions of people believing that crap. QAnon. Who believes that? But they do. So there's something we can learn from that. Why? Why do they believe it? You got to study that. You really do. Because it works. In fact, I have a goddaughter that's followed QAnon. It hurts. It hurts. But the only way you get to it if you can understand what are the trigger points that they are able to use. Folks, we got to get out of here. I want to thank you guys so much for spending this time with me. I want to ask you one more time to go get my book because, yes, it, it helps us uh, fund what we're doing here. Yes, I'm doing that for the money. I'm asking you to join uh, at a very inexpensive price because we need the support. That is how, uh, that is how we get things done that is how we can have all this equipment uh right now this is all me 16 hours a day 16 hours a day seven days a week you notice that newsletter goes out every single day at two in the mornings but um or between two and two thirty whether i finish it or not so yeah it's hard work but it's necessary work we have to seed the internet with our message we have got to seed the internet with our message and you're a part of it when you subscribe 
When you purchase or books, when on YouTube you go to YouTube and purchase or T-shirts and or masks and or cups, when you purchase on our store, whatever you purchase at our store, when you go ahead and provide contributions, you are helping us present data that others can also spread. Remember that geometric thing we talk about, geometric progression, geometric progression, geometric progression. So look, thank you so kindly. I have an interview as soon as I get off here with, uh, with um, Greg Palash. You're going to see that interview tomorrow. Greg Palash is going to talk about the vote today, and we'll play that tomorrow. Um, so thank you so kindly for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.